The saying goes, you don't know what you have until it's gone. The idea is that we are most thankful for things when we no longer have them. And maybe we took things for granted beforehand and, and we weren't planning on living without them. This could be anything. It could be a stuffed toy for a toddler that goes missing. It could be a membership on a football team for a high schooler that they lose. Uh, it could be a relationship for a student that has ended. It could be a family member or a loved one who dies. It could be our health. We are often most thankful for, thankful for those things when we no longer have them. And this really is a proper response. We should feel guilty over our thanklessness. We should feel guilty because we haven't been as thankful as we ought. I don't think I need to tell any of us this. We all have things that we wish that we would have been more thankful for. And so we have guilt. And because we have this guilt, we, we try to get rid of it. And one way that we try to get rid of it is by our own piety, our own works. And we think, well, well next time, I'm not going to take it for granted. Next time, it's going to be different. And of course, that's not a bad thing at all. It's, it's a great thing to, to strive to be more grateful, to strive to be more thankful. But what can happen is that on top of the guilt that we already feel, we heap the burden of expectation on ourselves. And guess what happens? Next time probably isn't different. And when it isn't, we swing from our expectation and our pride to despair. And then in despair, we, we, we can believe that because these good things that we had are, are now gone, and I took them for granted and, and it happened again, what reason do I have to be thankful now? I, I should have been thankful, but now those good things are, are gone, and, and, and now I, I have no reason to be. Let me take us to our Old Testament lesson, to someone who is an expert on feeling this way. Jeremiah is often called the weeping prophet because of the difficulties he experienced that it's uh, described in the books of Jeremiah and especially in Lamentations. He's writing to a nation, to Judah, that is about to lose everything and be taken into captivity. And let me start reading just a few verses prior to our lesson from this morning. I'll start at verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when the good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. In our backyard, we've, we've got a, a pot of morning glories. And for the past three years, I've been anxiously waiting for these flowers to bloom. But year after year goes by and they don't seem to bloom. I maybe get one or two flowers the whole year. This year was the most, but I had at most two at a time. It was terrible. And I thought maybe, well, I, maybe I didn't water it enough. So I did some research. And these flowers are actually ones that do very well with, with only a little water. In fact, if you water them too much, which I probably have done for the past three years, uh, the roots never develop. They, they stay shallow. 
And then no matter what happens the rest of the year, they're, they're unhealthy because they don't have the deep root system. And so even when the good growing weather comes, they don't produce flowers. That's the image Jeremiah uses of someone, we might say, that has shallow roots or shallow things. Someone who never bothers to dig deep and develop his roots, but trusts in himself that, well, everything's going to be okay. Someone who tries to give themselves a good conscience or to cover their sin, including being unthankful, will only end up like a bush in the desert. Because they put their solution for their guilt and their hope for something that can never give that relief. And so they'll dry up, never realizing what it is they do have. Guilt can never be erased by trying harder. A broken heart can never be healed by by pumping more. It's only going to burst. In fact, Jeremiah says in verse 9, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? There is no way we can ever give thanks with all our heart. There is no way we can ever appease the guilt that we feel because our hearts are incapable of it. They're incurable. Back in medieval times, the church tried to appease this guilt. And the way they tried to do it was by requiring that you would confess all your sins. And if you got them all off your chest and made up for those sins, uh, well, then hopefully your, your guilt would be, would be gone. Except this didn't work. Because if only the sins that you confessed were forgiven, then you never have peace. Because you'd always have more sins. You'd always forget some sins, and you have some sins you cannot even remember. We don't know the depth of our own sin, of our own depravity. That's why we heard St. Paul in our, in our epistle lesson, Word Vomit, those list of sins in Galatians. We have done those things. Our sinful flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. You and I can't find peace or the relief for our guilt by trusting in ourselves and even or even in our own confession. But Jeremiah continues. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. There's a lot going on here. When we lose things that we took for granted, even unwittingly, we get anxious. But for the man who trusts in the Lord, as opposed to himself, even when things are taken away, he can be at peace. He's not going to be a bush withering away in the desert because of his shallow roots, but he's going to be a tree that remains green because its roots are dug deep all the way to the stream of life-giving water. What Jeremiah says is that you don't need to worry about drought when your roots are, are dug deep, are sunk deep into the Lord and his promises. And notice, it, it's not that you won't experience drought. In fact, it's the exact opposite. There will be drought. 
There will be suffering. There will be hardship. You are a Christian after all. And to be a Christian is to be a follower of Christ, to bear our crosses in following after him. But in spite of our crosses, our hardship, this drought, God says that we don't need to be afraid. We can continue to bear fruit and will continue to bear fruit and to give thanks, even in drought. Even when outwardly we are, we are dry, deep down through this life-giving water, we are sustained. We will lose things. We have taken things for granted. But you have the most important thing already. And you'll never lose it. You have forgiveness. You have life. You have salvation. Even before you even thought about that, even before you even thought about confessing your sin, you had forgiveness. The entire world was forgiven 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross. Most people don't realize what God has done and given to all people. And so they turn away from the Lord and see no need to thank him. And they will, as Jeremiah says, be written in the earth. Eventually they'll lose everything back to dust. And yes, we too have at times seen no need to thank God. So our prayer is the same as Jeremiah's. Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. How similar that is to the, to the father of the boy who, who Jesus healed from, from demon possession. And the father who said, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. How many times does this fit our lives? Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Or, or Lord, I am thankful. Help my lack of thanks. Help my ungratefulness. Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved, for you are the one I praise. And God does. He heals us from the incurable leprosy of our sin. You don't know what you have until it's gone. In fact, with God, the opposite is true. We don't know what it is that we don't have until God gives it to us. And because what we do have are hearts that are desperately sick, we need to be told, shown, and fed what God has given to us. And this is why we do practice confession and absolution, not for the sake of the confession, not just to, to get things off of our chest and to appease our guilt, but so that after verbalizing your sins, you can hear verbally from the mouth of your pastor speaking the words of Christ himself that those very sins are forgiven. Our incurable hearts are cured. That's why the lepers in our gospel were to show themselves to the priests. So the priests could examine them and find them to be pure, to be without leprosy. When a priest would find someone to be made clean, not only would he announce it to that person that they were clean, but he would announce it to the entire community because that meant there was no longer anything that should separate that person from life. And as your pastor, I can tell you that every single one of you 
I can announce to you that you have been made pure. You are cleansed. You are healed. You are forgiven. I can say this because this is what God has already done for you at your baptism. The font, the spring of living water. God has cleansed you from your sins just as Jesus cleansed the leper. And if you doubt that, God says, I've exchanged Christ's purified body for yours, and I'm going to give it to you and feed it to you in the Lord's Supper. Through the body and blood of Jesus given and shed for you, you have forgiveness. Through Jesus who gave thanks even at his hour of death because it meant that our redemption was near, we have been absolved of our thanklessness. Through Jesus, who gave thanks even as he offered the new cup, the testament in his blood, who rejoiced even in his suffering, we are able to give thanks even in our trials. Because our trials are only temporary. And because we are baptized, we will rise with Christ. Does God want you to be thankful? Absolutely. But true thankfulness comes only through faith. A faith that is created and sustained by God through baptism and his word. It's not because we give thanks that we receive the mercy from God. It's because of the mercy of God that we are able to give thanks. He is the spring of living water, the source of all goodness, of all life, of all healing, of all forgiveness. And through him, your thanks can continue to spring forth, can continue to bloom and to grow. Because you will never dry up. You are saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen.